Welcome to the Live My Dream podcast, hosted by me, Brendan Abernathy, singer, songwriter, and performing artist, traveling around the United States, living my dream, which I would love for you to follow along with on beabernathy.com. That's babernathy.com. On this podcast, I interview cool people doing cool things about their decision to step boldly into fear and make their dream a reality today. Hello, hello. Indeed, this is Brendan Abernathy, host of Live My Dream Podcast, and today I am actually alone. I am in a room on a very comfortable couch, and it is just me and my ice-cold Dr. Pepper. So I am very happy. However, I am missing company today. For, of course, usually on the Live My Dream Podcast, I interview and meet with very interesting people about their decisions to do something unordinary or do something that they've always wanted to do and live their dream. Today, however, we are going to talk about songwriting because I, of course, have also decided to do something maybe not consistent with my economics major and pre-med in Spanish or whatever classes I took <laughs> in college um, and, and be a singer-songwriter and performing artist because that's my dream. That's what I want to do. And a big part of that is songwriting. So indeed, I am living my dream and it is amazing. But it's not easy all the time. Uh, I think life in general is not easy all the time. I think we can all relate to that in some sense. And the first three songs I have released explore that reality, that life is not easy. Also that life is a journey and that that journey can be very difficult. And so these three songs each tell interesting stories. And today, I want to tell you those stories by walking you step-by-step, step, actually, through the voice memos, the dates, and what's going on in those days when I was writing the song. So this is like a truly exclusive and inside look into songwriting that very few people will ever get into um, musicians' hoods. So to start, we're going to talk about Story I Can't Write. And in case you've never heard the song, I'm going to give you a sneak peek of it right here. Wake up in the atmosphere. I don't know what I'm doing here. But I got a long way to fall. Put all my eggs in one basket. Turned out it was a casket. And quite frankly, life's a nightmare. So obviously, massive banger. <laughs> um, I'm kind of kidding. Also, hopefully not kidding. I do really like that song. I think it is an awesome song, just like to roll the windows down. And uh, my producer, Andrew Huang, also mentor and just uh, one of my best friends, did an amazing job in making it sound as big as it does. Because that's what I, as the songwriter, hear in my head. And I need a producer to make it. Um, a reality and you're about to see what it actually starts from and that's really a funny thing to see uh, and it's kind of like 
know, pulling the hood off a car and seeing that the engine maybe not isn't isn't what you expected it to be. So I hope you don't change your opinion of me uh, as an artist when you see how the songwriter within me works. Uh, but I think it's actually really cool to see, and I think it might shed a new light on the song for you. So overall, the song is telling this story of my epiphany or realization that my life is a story, just like everyone's life is a story. But the way I need to live it is in a way realizing that it is surrendered and that I cannot write my story. Because if I did, holy crap, my story would be so boring and just not at all as cool as like what God is telling with my life. So this was a realization I had when I was journaling um, last year. Turns out in February. And so to start us off, here's the first voice memo. And so in this voice memo, what I want you to listen for is you're going to hear a completely different song because the first part is a verse that you've never heard because it was never like recorded or released. And as I'm playing that verse, that's the song that I think I'm writing. I just hear this chorus in my head. I want to run to the hideaway, baby. And you're going to hear that come out. And that's, this is the first time I ever sang that chorus. I think it's remarkable to hear. So check this out. So you can hear it. I mean, right away, you hear that hook. And the hook is, I want to run to the hideaway. I want to run. I mean, that's horrible, but that's the hook, right? And so the hook is, as a songwriter, you kind of, the way I write is I just kind of play what I'm feeling. And then I sing until I sing something I like. And in this case, I, I loved this verse, but I knew it needed a chorus. And I was singing for a hook. And boom, I found it right there. And once I had it, I just kept singing it and I happened to be recording it. And then as I started walking it down, you hear me go silent as I start walking down. Five, four, right? So that's the walk down in musical terms. And you hear me just, I'm not saying anything, but in my brain, I hear the lyric that this song is going to be about. And paint the canvas of my life, tell you stories you can't write, which became take a moment for my life and tell a story I can't write. So you might be wondering, how do you get from that verse to the wake up in the atmosphere verse that we now hear on the record? Great question. 
I love that you're on your toes and thinking that way because that's what we're about to talk about. But first, I do want to take a quick moment to address our sponsor, which is the Burrito Challenge. If you've listened to the other podcasts, you know I have like a pretty long ad that's clearly like thought out. This one I'm just talking genuinely. Um, the other one I'm being completely genuine too. But I just, I, literally, the Burrito Challenge is so fun. And it's on August 3rd this year, and you're raising money for St. Jude's, and you get a concert, and you get five burritos and a bunch of activities for $50. And if you use the promo code DREAM through this podcast, you're getting it for $45. That's 10% off. And I promise you, you will have fun because <laughs> it is really a great day. Um, yeah, and that's really all I have to say about that. So you should do the Burrito Challenge, and I really encourage you to. Uh, if you have any questions about it, reach out to John or Matt, whose contact information is in the last podcast, which is called When Someday Becomes Today. Okay, but anyways, how do you get from that verse to the verse that everybody hears now? Well, it was the day after my band Light Brigade had headlined the Georgia Theater for the very first time. And that was the realization of a dream for me and for a lot of guys in the band. It was the culmination of so much hard work and just a beautiful night. And Andrew Huang, Andrew Blooms, who produced all three of the songs we're talking about today, he asked me that night, how do you feel? I said, man, I just feel grateful. And that was so true. But then the next morning when I woke up, I just felt very empty. It was like I'd been climbing this mountain and I reached the peak and there was nothing there. It was just like, well, time to climb the next mountain. It actually reminds me of a documentary I watched uh, with my friend Daniel Blake last, I guess it was winter or spring or something, almost almost a year ago. Um, no, it was last fall. And it's the Alex Honnell um, documentary where he climbs El Capitan. Free Solo, uh, it's called. Great documentary. But he has one quote in there that really struck me. Um, after he climbs El Capitan, the greatest feat like almost any human's ever done, right? They said, how did it feel? And he said, something along the lines of, well, it felt great for a couple moments. And then it was like, I just need to go climb another mountain. <laughs> and I think that's what we experience a lot of times in life. And so that's what I experienced this morning. So I woke up in the atmosphere on cloud nine. But you know, I don't know what I'm doing here. I got a long way to fall. So I was sitting on my front porch, 1420 South Millage Avenue. John Aiden, who was just interviewed, and William Black, two of my buddies, were throwing the football. It was a beautiful day. And I was playing this riff, EA, and uh, started singing. And you're about to hear the first time I ever sang that verse. Atmosphere. I don't know what I'm doing here, but I got a long way to fall. Letting go, talking less. Everything I do it big. Where it's getting me, it's getting me nowhere, nowhere. Buried in the middle of nowhere I spend more time on my screen Than I spent in my dreams Cause quite frankly life's a nightmare 
God's coming in. I want to run to the highway, baby. I won't be cut till I break away. I won't be done till I tap the brakes. Tell you stories I can't write. So, as you hear, it basically took as long as it takes you to sing that verse, to write that verse, because it was really just a stream of consciousness. I wake up in the atmosphere, I don't know what I'm doing here, but I got a long way to fall. Been good talking, beep. Everything I've been doing, I've been doing it big, but where's it getting me? It's getting me nowhere put all my eggs in one basket, right? It's that idea of living for this dream. But turns out it was a casket buried in the middle of nowhere. It's not worth anything. Um, and quite frankly, life is a nightmare. That's pretty like emo, I guess. Um, but I'm pretty angsty. Uh, my friend Tommy Troutwine and I refer to my music as angsty pop, which is kind of nice. It is, it is that, I think. Um, I think we're all a little angsty, a little emo. And, and that's a good thing. It means we're in touch with our emotions. Anyways, what you'll also notice is I went straight into that chorus. Now, if I remember correctly, I had basically scrapped the stories you can't write song and been like, I don't know, it's not like what I'm feeling right now. I'll finish it later. And so there was basically a month and 10 days between that stories you can't write memo that you heard first and this recording with Wake Up in the Atmosphere. But it was instant that I heard this chorus fits perfectly with this song. And it is just exactly what I'm trying to say. That when you wake up after that plateau, after reaching that dream and realizing, eh, it's just another accomplishment, it's kind of empty. We have to run back to that realization that we're not in control. And that, yeah, it might feel empty, but it's another step on the route of life and of this journey and of this story that's being written in our lives and that we are blessed to be a part of. And I'm pumped to be a part of um, any of y'all's stories. And so seriously, if any of you want to reach out and talk about your dream or your story, I'm completely down. And if you want to hear more about mine or see different ways about it, um, I'd love to do that as well. But final uh, voice memo I want to show you before we move into talking about the rat race Um is kind of showing you how I ended up refining the lyrics to make it more of what you hear today. And I also love this voice memo because there's a siren in the background that is perfectly timed. And it's really cool. I wanna run to the hideaway, baby. I won't be done till I break away. And I won't be gone till I tap the brakes. So if you're like me and you're listening to this in the car, every time I listen to that voice memo for like a year, right? Because I've been listening to this song since March, whatever. 
uh, I would always think there was like a fire truck coming because uh, it's very realistic sounding siren. And the iPhone microphone is actually like pretty incredible. Um, but I didn't want to play you the whole voice memo because you've heard the song and I would love for you to listen to the song on Spotify. It's called Story I Can't Write. But let's move on to the rat race. So yeah, Story I Can't Write is basically one of those organic stream of consciousness songs just in two different settings where the hooks and the everything came really easily and it didn't require a ton of refining and writing. The Rat Race is a different story at the same time with some similar elements. So the Rat Race actually dates back to high school. And while that is largely luck, it's important because the song is tracking my interactions with dreaming from the time I am a kid to right now. And so in that way, it is telling the story of how I chose to do music. It's really an exhortation to anyone to do what they love. It's what this podcast is about. It's what it's why it's the theme song of this podcast, right? So in case you've never heard The Rat Race, here is a sneak peek of The Rat Race. The record is gone, but the Walk Street record is still open on the corner. I can make a couple quarters if I play there today. Give the tin a little jingle, I will write another single. Get on Spotify and make a pretty penny pay for parking again. Maybe I should get a job. Maybe I should run along and join the rap race at everybody my So the story of the rat race actually begins my sophomore year of high school. So imagine a young, what would I be, 16? Young 16-year-old Brendan Abernathy. Um, blonde still, but I had to cut my hair short because I went to a school where they made me keep my hair shut, uh, really short. And I'm a baseball player. My dream is to play baseball at Stanford at this point. Okay, didn't happen. Didn't get in. Why not, guys? Come on. Oh, because they only accept 4% of people. Sorry, this is how my brain works, by the way. And in the past, my dream was to be a major league baseball player. I realized that probably wasn't realistic. I wanted to be an astronaut before that. I remember sitting at the lake, and I'd been listening to a hodgepodge of Taylor Swift, the time I was into some like early 2000s country music, so like Tim McGraw, um, probably like Alabama, because I was in Alabama at the time, and probably Garth Brooks, because I was always into Garth Brooks. I love Garth Brooks. Garth, if you ever hear this man, you're the man. And reach out. Thank you. Anyways, I'm sitting on this like patio green swing. It was also the summer that I was set out to kill as many mosquitoes as possible. I only killed 60. At the time, I was very proud of it. Now I think I could have done much better. Um, perhaps laid sugar traps, attracted them, and then just smushed them. Anyways, and I remember laboring over the first verse of this song, which I'm about to 
play you a voice memo like the first time I recovered it. But the first verse of this song, Minute Maid Lemonade, raking in two bucks a pop, was a nostalgic reminiscence on lemonade stands that my sister and I would have when we were younger. And, you know, we wouldn't make a lot of money, like 28 bucks, but golly, when you're a kid, 28 bucks can buy you some incredible stuff, right? I mean, can buy you a Hot Wheels car. And then your brain starts wondering, like, man, maybe I can buy a plane. And then, as a kid, you don't know any limits. You're told to know no limits. We are told, in the United States, and I hope wherever you're listening to this, you are told the same thing, that you can be anything. Pablo Picasso has a great quote. When I was younger, my mother used to tell me, Pablo, whatever you decide you want to be when you grow up, you'll become that and more. If you decide you want to be a monk, you'll become the pope. If you decide you want to be a soldier, you'll become the general. But instead, I decided I wanted to be an artist, and I became Picasso. Number one, very badass. Number two, a little bit conceited. Number three, he's Picasso. He can get away with it, right? Yes, we all agree. Um, But that's the thing. It's like when we're younger, we believe that because our parents are telling us and our parents are superheroes. And so that's what the first verse is talking about. It's like, yeah, here's what I'm doing right now. It's a lemonade stand. I think it's amazing. It's like my American dream. And then, oh, I want to be all these things. And so here is when I recovered the first verse of the song. And I had had to like re-remember it because I searched everywhere for the voice memo of myself in high school because I was so bad. But I couldn't find it anywhere. I really couldn't. And I'm sorry about that. Um, but you just have to trust me. It's from sophomore year. And I recovered it. And I remember it took me about 15 minutes to remember it. And I would played it a couple times. And I had kind of come up with the fact that I wanted to put a big chorus to it. And this is the first time I sing the chorus that became the chorus of the rat race. Minute Maid Lemonade Raking in to a box of pop I can't wait to tell my pop about the $28 I caught Maybe I'll buy a play Maybe I'll settle for a hot wheels racing game So that voice memo continues on and uh, I play through just the chords of the second verse which are just very minutely different and sing the chorus again and I basically sing the same thing I did the first time um, but that's where I found the hook of the chorus right so we talked about the hook and story I can't write the first time that I play searching for a hook right so I play what I'm feeling and I search for a hook and that's right where I found the hook and it's recorded right there and you hear it and obviously the words sound nothing like it does now um, but the date of that voice memo is December 10th at 5.51 p.m. 
And what I know about December 10th is that was basically the day that my huge thesis for economics was due with my wonderful professor, Dr. Skyra, who I love and adore. She's awesome. Anyways, I, I had been laboring on this thesis, and it was a really cool project, and I had, was very independent, and I loved it. Um, learned a ton. But it was also very stressful. And I was sitting there in the Miller Learning Center, which is basically our library at the University of Georgia, and it was about 12, and I had just almost finished my thesis. I had edited it for like the fourth time. And I was just so tired, and I was sitting there thinking about, I guess, you know, I was earlier in the day I was thinking about my childhood dream, so I was probably thinking about that. And I sat down and I wrote a poem, and I keep the poem in my wallet, and it's on my website, a refined version, but this is the version that I wrote just in, in one scene. Oh, and it's tearing as I'm trying to open it. Um, but I keep this in my wallet to remind myself of the moment, really the moment that I decided um, that I was going to do music. And I'll read the poem to you. Because um, it is what becomes the chorus. A deadful dread to see someone else living my dream. What else could be more torture? To live alone is time of silence. To live in darkness is hope of light. To live in pain is intimacy with perseverance. But to have lived in fear is to have wielded the shield of selfishness. To have rejected all those invitations to imagine that kept me up at night. And to have traded faith for comfort and for that comfort I received regret for that comfort I earned the ultimate discomfort of a seat in the second row for that comfort I reserved a VIP ticket to watch as someone else took the stage summited the peak and mounted the podium as I now consider what vision or experience could be even more torture it would only be to stop in the walkway as the leaves fall to stain the concrete. I can't read the next line. And see there standing an apparition, the ghost of who I once was, hearing some voice as it sings, but choosing to walk on, walk on, walk on, not daring to listen. And so I went home that night, and the next voice memo reads 1.10 a.m. So this is when I got home from the Miller Learning Center, had just written this poem out, basically stream of consciousness in the Miller Learning Center. And I just sang to God um, this poem and how I felt and what I wanted him to know. And that's what became the chorus of the rat race. And here it is. So open up my heart to show me something about it. I love listening to that because that is why I'm so thankful for songwriting is that in a moment when I'm really struggling and writing this like kind of dark poem that's what can come out if I just let my heart sing and if you ever thought about writing music I encourage you to do that like if you know how to play guitar the course of the song are not that hard and I mean <laughs> it's about finding melodies in the song and in the chords because that's what it is songwriting is like finding melodic rhythms to express feeling and emotion
in a way that words cannot. I mean, that poem's great, but to me, the song expresses what I was feeling a lot better because it was just a call out, man. Open up my heart and show me something about where I'm going to go. I don't want to be alone. I want to hold your hand through the darkness until I see the stars. The light, the stars. <laughs> I don't want to stand idly by and watch someone else live my dream. And I guess the first time I say, I want to be home, whatever I said, but I want it to be me. I mean, that's just, and I contemplate not making that a lyric because it feels like really prideful, but I mean, at the end of the day, like, that's a desire I have and I have to come face to face with that. All right, so then that's the first verse and the chorus. So the first verse are in high school. The chorus I wrote when in a kind of painful spot first semester senior year wondering what I'm going to do with my life and coming to the conclusion that I want to do music. So after I came to that conclusion, I had to wrestle with my dream is music. What does that mean? So we're going to split up the next songwriting portion, which is verse two into two portions, which is the first portion of verse two, which is kind of that down part. And then as it gets big, the the best part of the song, in my opinion, the climax of the song, where I say the rat race, you know. So that first part about Walk Street Record and Spotify, that's looking at the music industry, what it is now. <laughs> it's changing a lot, which is exciting. It's constantly changing. And so that's cool. And what it requires to make it, which is creep performing basically, in my case, because that's kind of what I want to do. It's kind of fun. I don't know. Um, and the second one is more dealing with society and, like, pressures that I felt to be one way, to do something, which I will talk about more when we get to that voice memo. But for the first one, this is a voice memo of me on my guitar the first time I'm trying to sing about the music industry. And then right after it, I'm going to play you one on the piano. The first one is at 1.43 p.m. The second one is at 2.04 p.m. So it took me 21 minutes to get from one version to the completed version. The days of records are gone, but the Walter Street records is still open on the corner. Number one, why did I say Wuxtry Street Records? That is not the name of the store. I mean, also, fun fact, um, I've actually never been in Wuxtry Records, which I need to do probably tomorrow so that when I sing about it, I'm not a total fraud. But I was saying the wrong name in there. But you see, it took about 20 minutes for me to refine that. Which might be like a you know that's a decent amount of time to go from that original idea and then to fit it into what I'm trying to say and that's really songwriting that's like where you're writing the song um, otherwise I feel like it's almost like hook searching or song searching I don't know but I'm pretty content how that turned out I think it's really fun 
Second portion. This is the call out, man. This is the anthem. This is the, this is what I want everybody to be singing at the top of their lungs with the windows down as they've decided to take a road trip or start their own company or go play street music somewhere or go work out at 6 a.m. You know, get, get something done. I want people singing this. Um, and so here is the first time I sang it. Maybe I should get a job Maybe I should run along And join the rat race That everybody my age Never seems to win But then again I can list all the things I want Before I die Until I die So I guess think that's pretty (laughs) stream of consciousness and thought i mean that was literally what was going through my brain right then in that moment um that was a day after i had written the walk street record and spotify first part of verse two and i knew i wanted to express my heart leading into that chorus i knew i wanted it to be how i was feeling and so i was like i'm just gonna play into it so right before that i'm singing the first part of verse two, again saying Walk Street Street record, F me. Um, and then I go into that second part and I just sang what was on my heart. And that songwriting is what's on your heart. And if you do that, people are gonna like it, they're gonna relate to it. And so my mission is never to write something um, to please anyone else or even to please myself. My mission is just to write what I feel, what I know, what I believe, and what I'm going through. And that's what I was going through at that moment. I said, maybe I should get a job. <laughs> maybe I should run along and join the rat race that everybody my age never seems to win. But then again, I could list off the things I want to do before I die until I'm dead. So I guess I best get to trying. Man, let's let's do that as a generation, as as just as people. If you're listening to this, please go do that. Um, now granted, everything in our society is in some capacity a rat race. I am realizing that big time in the music industry, okay? But make it a rat race you enjoy. Don't don't be on a hamster wheel that you hate. Do something you love and do it with energy and enthusiasm. That's my advice to myself. And uh, every day, if I get out of the bed with an opportunity to change the world, opportunity to change a life, opportunity to change my own life, that's an exciting day. And that's what I love about music. I might not make a lot of money right now. But every day I wake up, know my purpose, and get to go out and do it. And so even though I'm in just another form of a rat race, um, it's a beautiful one. Okay, on to Adelaide. And before we talk about how I wrote Adelaide, here is a little preview of the song. I'm not resting when I ain't sleeping But I ain't dreaming whether I'm asleep Or restless in the night when I'm listening with me I got questions that I can't answer But I'm trying harder with every heartbeat But I'm born a long, long way to go Adelaide Got a way to go Got a way to find identity 
Yeah, so like pretty groovy, right? And chill. It gets bigger at the end of the song. But Adelaide is a, has a beautiful story, and it is a deep song. Deep songs sometimes aren't easy to write. Sometimes they are. Sometimes they're not. This one was not the easiest thing for me to write. The idea was, boom, right there. But the writing and the finding of everything was you'll see is almost a four-month process of playing it almost every day and because of that I got kind of tired of it and so when it came time to choose songs for the record I I was not into this one anymore and I was like yeah I'll play it like I think it's a good song but I think it's the last one cut my producer Andrew Huang was like man that's your best song bro and thereby we did it and Andrew had a huge impact on this song and making it sound the way it does and you'll see that as we walk through these voice memos um to start with the story of the song and kind of where it comes from this a little bit on youtube um but in more depth i went to the <laughs> taylor swift concert um, and i sat in the second row and i watched her sing her long live new year's day mashup and it was beautiful so beautiful in fact that i teared up um it's a manly thing to cry not ashamed of it. I loved it, man. But every second of that concert, I was just thinking, I want to be up there. I think I can do this. And it killed me that maybe I would have to go my whole life not knowing if maybe I could have made it. So the next day, I was uh, reading some scripture, and I was in the book of Matthew in the Bible. And the book of Matthew is one of the Gospels. And in the Gospels... Um, it's it's accounts of Jesus's life. Um, we as Christians believe that Jesus was the Son of God, and there's this very famous story about Jesus walking on the water, and there's a guy, his disciple, his name's Peter, and Peter sees him walking on the water, and he like sets out after him. And so I'll read you that scripture actually. So this is starting from Matthew 27, it says, But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. Right, that's so simple, he just said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. What amazes me about that is that I had read that so many times. I grew up going to a Christian school and going to Sunday school. I was raised in Georgia, so it's classic, right? I read it so many times, but that's the first time I saw myself in the story interacting with Jesus. And for me, I felt like the water was this dream of being on that stage and being a musician. And the wind and the waves were the pressures I felt and the fear that was crippling me from doing what as I look back when I look back on it what I can tell was just very clear that I mean there were so many things pointing towards I should at least try this thing because you know I might fail but I'm gonna learn a lot doing it and I'm gonna grow a lot closer and, and all I have to say is come right so I woke up I was reading that and I remembered back to this song that I'd written sophomore year of college 
um, which I'm about to play you the voice memo for, where I talk about a candlelight fire burning on the coast of heaven. And I felt like that was a, a image indicative of what I was going through, and I decided I was going to seal it from myself and write a song about it. And so here's that voice memo, sophomore year of high school. College. Light a candlelight fire Right, so that's completely different than uh, what Adelaide sounds like now. I actually remember I was sitting in my room, and my roommates and I had this uh, evergreen-smelling candle, and I had just finished studying for organic chemistry. I'm looking at the candle, and I was like, God, I would really like to be not here right now. There's a candlelight fire burning on the coast of heaven, or whatever I say. Yeah, and so I took that, and then I wrote this. One, two, three, four. There's a candlelight fire burning on the coast of heaven. Trying to follow, but I got a long, long way to go. I'm hearing whispers from a voice that sounds like Jesus. I'm trying to listen, but I got a long, long way to go. So, frankly, there's no way that's the first time I had sung that verse because I was way too sure of my words. So, I had probably sung it quite a few times before that like four or five so I don't know why that's the first recording I have but I can't find any of the recordings so I probably like wrote it down on my phone and was singing in my head and then sang it out loud a couple times and then recorded it because I'll do that sometimes I don't always just record and write turns out I guess when I do that I write good music but this um, is how I wrote this song and so from there I had to start writing the song um, so that I remember that verse came pretty easily because I already had the coast of heaven idea from two years before, but as I had to start writing the song, this one was really challenging because I really didn't know where I was going to go with it. So I'm going to play you uh, verse two, and you'll hear how it gets big, and you'll hear there's no chorus. And that's a common theme for this song, so check this out. Yeah, so as you hear, there's clearly no direction for where the song's going, and there's no chorus, just like big me like beating on my guitar. Um, I do have a voice memo of when I'm trying to write kind of the second part of verses in the song, which is what is now verse three and four, kind of, but you'll hear me writing it. So check this out. Takes a night from my 
So that's what became the big build into the huge chorus of the Adelaide part. In the first part, I ended up refining, and that was a verse, but we ended up cutting it in the studio kind of to give the song more flow because if we feel like in the verse you're looking for that coast of heaven line. And so we added, we moved the silhouette standing coast of heaven up there, which again, the song was just a giant quilombo in Spanish. It was just a giant mess for so long um, and so these voice memos are from a few days in August a few days in September and now I'm going to show you a voice memo from October 2nd so I was just playing around with those verses moving them around playing with words and then finally I found a chorus within my ramblings in the middle of the night when I was keeping my roommates blissfully awake listening to me play my acoustic guitar and write music woohoo and here it is when i sing the line adelaide that became one of my favorite hooks of the hope you have project i got a long long way to go i hear the call but through the storm the waves won't send me And that goes to show you that a lot of times songwriting is very far from a science and maybe not even an art, but just like a word vomit while singing because so much of that is horrible. But in there is that one line, Adelaide, got a way to go, got a way to find identity. And I think that's really beautiful. And what I love about that voice memo is how much passion um, I'm singing with because I'm just singing my heart, man. And a question I get a lot is, who is Adelaide? Well, first of all, if Adelaide were a woman, I would not tell you who it is. However, Adelaide, to me, is not a woman. Um, it actually is a really cool story that I think is very interesting. So Adelaide is a city in Australia. Specifically, it's in South Australia. And when I was growing up, for some reason... I loved to act like I was from Australia, and the city I chose to be from was Adelaide. I don't know why, that's the city I chose, and so I always told people I was from Adelaide. So I ended up doing a lot of research on Adelaide, and in my moments researching Adelaide, South Australia, I found out that Adelaide, so you have a good Australian accent, I found out that Adelaide was actually one of the very first, if not the very first, non-debtor colonies, non-debtor cities found in Australia. So most of the cities in Australia were settled by people convicted of debt crimes in the United Kingdom or in Britain, and they were sent to Australia to live there. But Adelaide was one of those first cities settled by free people, and so for Australia, that was the realization of a dream in my mind. And so to me, Adelaide, in my poetry and in my songs, 
is this beautiful image of a dream being realized. And for me, if I could say my biggest dream in life, it is that I just have a firm identity and don't get swayed by things going on around me. So that's where this chorus comes from. Now, how did it end up beeping and bopping like it does now? Because it's a completely different feeling. That one feels very like it's raining outside. But this way it is on the record does not feel that way. So I went in to play that song for Andrew Blooms, Andrew Huang, my producer. And he was like, I love it. What if you did this? And he played this kind of groovy bit. And so here's the first time I've taken that groovy bit home and am playing around with it. There's a candle of fire burning on the coast of heaven. Okay, and so... I sing like the rest of that verse, but I'm going to skip ahead a little bit to show you because this is the first time I actually sing that Adelaide chorus down. So not up and passionate, but down, which is how it is in the record. And the reason why I did that is because I was playing this on my loop pedal. And when I loop, I have a tendency to use very exaggerated dynamics, which I love. So here it is. Trying harder with behind me, but I'm a long, long way to go. Adelaide. Got a way to go, I got a way to find So that's how I wrote Adelaide. And as you can tell, it was a long process. But that's fitting because the song is about searching. And I had to search for the meaning. But I think it's really cool that a lot of times when writing music, the song begins to take on its meaning through your process, which is exactly what happened with this one. So I want to show you the finished product at the big chorus at the end. And then afterwards, I just want to give a few words on what all of this might mean at this point. My life is a journey now It didn't really turn out how I ever thought it would Got a long, long way to go So that's how I wrote these three songs. Um, voice memo by voice memo, thought by thought, memory by memory. That is how I wrote Sorry I Can't Write, The Rat Race, and Adelaide. And I do love these three songs, and we've got four more amazing ones to come, and I'll give each of those songs uh, the same attention. But I hope that you don't walk away from this feeling like you have to feel how I felt when I wrote these songs, because that's not what it's about. What I was discussing with these stories is what I was going through when I wrote them, and it's what I thought about during the writing process. But now when I listen to these songs, a lot of times, they give me completely different emotions than they did when I was writing them. For example, Story I Can't Write, when I wrote it, I was down in the dumps. I was pretty disappointed about a lot of things. Now when I listen to Story I Can't Write, it makes me feel happy. It makes me want to roll my windows down and take a drive through a green field or something. I don't know. And so what I hope you take away from this is just an interesting insight into what songwriting looks like for me and my process. And so I hope it was interesting and insightful, but by no means 
should my meanings become your meanings? When you listen to a song, I hope that it overtakes you with emotion or that you just enjoy it lightly. But what it meant when I was writing it is not what it has to mean for you. Every song means something different to everyone who listens to it, and that's what I think is beautiful about music, is that it can teach you something new every time you listen to it. So if you enjoyed these songs, I hope you'll look them up. They are available on all digital music platforms. That's Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music. Um, under the name Sorry I Can't Write, The Rat Race, and Adelaide. Brendan Abernathy is my artist's name. And it would mean the world if you listened to them, streamed them, put them on playlists, told your friends about them. Word of mouth is so huge. And if you like them, tell them about them. Tell them about the podcast, too. And uh, the next podcast, I hope you'll do, tune in as well. Um, we'll be back to one of those interview formats. And I'll be talking with Kaylee German who is going to Columbia in the Peace Corps in September. We had a very fantastic conversation, and I know that you will enjoy it. There's a candlelight fire burning on the coast of heaven I'm trying to follow, but I got a long, long way to go I'm hearing whispers from a voice that sounds like Jesus I'm trying to listen, but I got a long, long way This episode of the Live My Dream podcast was edited and produced by Brendan Abernathy. All music therein is Brendan's own original works, and they can be found on all digital music platforms. For more information on our wonderful sponsor, please go to theburritochallenge.com or follow them on Instagram at burritochallenge. You can also hear a little bit about their story on the second episode of the Live My Dream podcast under the name When Someday Becomes Today. Thanks for listening.